Hello and welcome. This is Lights Out and away we go with the episode. With the Formula 1 podcast for fans and by fans. I'm Will and as I look across the digital garage, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, or should I say my co-driver, Sam. Hello, Sam. How are you? Hello, Will. Hello, listeners. I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, not too bad. How are you? I'm all good, thank you. Yeah, can't complain. No Formula 1 this weekend, so we're going to go and do something a bit different. Um, I think it should be quite a fun one. So we've, we've had a bit of a brainstorm and we've decided to talk about the 2026 driver lineup predictions because as we covered in one of our previous episodes, uh, there's going to be big regulation changes in 2026 and we're going to see a few new um, teams in the sport. So we're going to have Audi that are going to be officially there. We'll have new engine partners as well. So I think it's going to influence some of the driver moves. And interestingly, uh, in next season, most of the driver's contracts expire. So I think we are going to have a silly season potentially next year. Mm. Um, And there are only two drivers that contracts go to 2026, the end of 26. Can you guess who they are? Uh, I can. Uh, one's Max Verstappen because he's it on is. an extremely long contract. It's uh, 2028. And then I think the other one's Piastri, isn't it? Because he's is. so new. Yeah. His new his new deal has gotten to 2026. So there's lot there's lots up in the air. So what we're going to do in the first half, we're going to go through um, half of the teams, and the second half we'll go through. It. And we're going to we've each made picks of who we think the driver line will be. We'll have a bit of a debate about each team. So we'll start off with Mercedes. Who have you picked to be the driver lineup? For t- who do you think will be the 26, 2026 driver lineup? Nice and easy. I think it will probably be Lewis Hamilton and George Russell. Next. Oh, so so, <laughs> so I I think the same. Yeah. But my 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 theory is that if Lewis retires at the end of twenty twenty five, my hot take is that I think they're bringing Alex Albon because um, I think he's demonstrating he's a very cool, calm headed driver. And he's very quick, and I think he would be quite a good replacement for Hamilton, and probably wouldn't be too expensive because they could go and easily poach him off Williams. Whereas I don't think they'd go. I can't see them going for Charles or uh, you know Norris. I think they'd be locked in. So I think mm. I think that, and I think by that point Russell have matured and he'll be the main man. So I think him and Albon will be a very good duo. But that's only if Hamilton retires, which I which I hope doesn't happen. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I might just agree with you there. I think if Lewis does retire, it's probably one of it's one of Albon, Leclerc, and Norris, isn't it? Probably, yeah. Unless unless somebody else absolutely like blazes blazes the way through the next couple of seasons, yeah, they yeah. feel like the only real candidates. So, I did I did used to think Gasly would would put himself in contention, but he's kind of the last couple of seasons, especially since he's moved to Alpine, he's definitely sort of plateaued or he's not quite kicked on to where he was a couple of seasons ago when he, you know, I think twenty twenty one was a standout season for him. And he was driving better than anyone else in the midfield. Whereas I think he's kind of, I don't know, he's just, he's had a bit of a disappointing couple of years. So I think he's kind of lost him. His, and also he's, he's 26. So by that point, I think, you know, they'd rather go for someone younger. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that that's Mercedes. Straightforward. Nice. <laughs> Good start to the podcast. Yep. Red Bull. Who have you gone for? Uh, Max Verstappen. Ma- yeah. Because he's got there with, with his long contract. And, we, and I think we, we were both theorizing earlier in the season that we thought he would hang his boots up earlier but it looks like he's gonna stay till, till for a while isn't it yeah it's it, it's very i don't know he's quite a hard one to read isn't he i think of all the drivers he's, in general he's quite a tough one to read because there are some moments or some races where he just doesn't seem like he's really that interested i suppose he's just he's having a good time or whatever but he's not really that interested in like sticking around sport and he's always said before he's not interested in breaking records and things but yeah given he signed a very long contract it's kind of hard to imagine red bull necessarily just letting him go even if he decided to so yeah i think he'll be he'll be sticking around and it probably also doesn't feel like he'll do a sebastian vettel and sort of you know because when vettel was at his peak 
you would never have thought he'd leave Red Bull, right? And then mm. he he very much wanted to go and follow off the path of his of his hero, Michael Schumacher, and you know, win at Ferrari. You, you don't really get that impression with Max that he has that ambition to go and win at Ferrari. And also, he seems very he seems to be tied in and bought into the Red Bull project to another level than Vettel was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's a kind of homegrown driver for them, isn't he? Really, like yeah. being through the program, although not 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 originally. He's not a Red Bull junior, is he? He was he was brought in relatively late, but he's very mm. much part of that program. And um, yeah, he's a bit of a piece of the furniture, isn't he? There now, I think he'll probably be forming a very long, fruitful partnership there. So yeah, I don't yeah. I, I don't think uh, there'll be anybody else in that seat. Yeah. Uh, next to him, I've gone for Liam Lawson. Not Sergio, not very highly. Not Sergio Perez. No, I've got I've got Checo. Do you know I've still got Checo in the sport, just somewhere else. Oh. Oh. Um, but yeah, Lawson. I just think I feel I'm thinking about this earlier and. I think he'll be by 2026. He'd have probably had if he does because he, let's assume he doesn't race next season because of all the stupidness that's happening with season stuff for next season. He will probably race 2025, and I think he'll demonstrate enough in that year to get the move to Red Bull. But he'll still be green enough that like there is a very clear hierarchy, and someone that young and that green will probably be okay with that. Yeah. Um, it's like the danger for Red Bull is if they go for a, a known quantity who's sort of at the peak of their powers that they want to genuinely challenge Max Verstappen they'll find themselves with a similar kind of Ricardo Verstappen or Vettel Weber situation that I think they've decided they definitely don't want in their lives ever yeah. again yeah. Um, which makes me think they'll probably go for a younger driver but um, in this case they'll go for a younger driver that's probably got enough pace to potentially challenge Max on occasion but certainly not over the course of a season in what will probably be his second full year in the sport so yeah I think that, that one for me makes most sense for them the way they run their organisation. It tells you a lot about how well Liam Lawson has done in this period he stood in for Daniel Ricciardo, that he's being even, you know, we're even having this conversation about being a potential Red Bull driver. I think, you know, you know, previous to this, I don't think he had a standout junior career. He didn't win F2. Um, so it's, you know, fair play to him to have got himself in the conversation. I think you're right. He's definitely of that sort of Red Bull stable looks of the the best option they've got as a as a number two to to max i think mm. and i think you're right i think he probably is a strong option i've also put him down as max's partner but i also i also think there is there is an off chance that red bull do something quite bold and they try and you know they try and get norris because i think there is definitely an interest in norris he was he's talked about in the past about how he was almost joined up uh joined up at the red bull junior driver program um you know if could could uh, the problem I think with with Red Bull going for Norris is that Norris is apparently into a very long contract till the end of twenty twenty five, and apparently it's like he's fully committed to that contract. Mm-hmm. And so maybe at the end of twenty twenty five, if McLaren still aren't winning races, he might think for his career, right, I've got to jump ship and I'll go to you know Red Bull, who won multiple titles. That could drive his thinking, and I think Red Bull could think, oh, you know, it could be quite exciting having two standout drivers. But then you're right, I think. You know, Red Bull do seem to like to keep the ship quite stable and don't like to bring two. You know, they don't do the Mercedes or the car or the Ferrari lineup where they have two outstanding drivers. They kind of have one much better and one that's definitely number two. Yeah. So I don't know. I, you know, personally, I think that would be quite exciting for the sport to have Norris with Max to see how they fight, and especially as Norris seems to be full of admiration for for Max. It'd be interesting to see how they were as teammates. I think it would get quite fiery. But maybe the safer option is that they'll just go for Lawson because he's a known quantity and they know that he'll be the number two, whereas Norris might try and challenge Max. Yeah, I think you're right. I think um, Norris moving to Red Bull would be exactly what the sport needs and that's exactly why it won't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think I saw on Twitter saying that they're like, um, 
someone in Red Bull was saying that, or there was rumours that if F1 had said to Red Bull, you know, can you hire Lando to make the sport more exciting so you've got two top-tier drivers, I don't see uh, Christian Horner following the rules of or following the directions of of uh, yeah, of Formula 1 to go and go and hire a certain driver. I think that's a bit, that's just Twitter speculation. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think it'll be interesting to see see if he does end up there. Should we move on to Ferrari? Let's do it, yeah. Who have we gone for? Uh, again, pretty boring, Science and Leclerc. I really wanted to move Leclerc somebody else, but uh, somebody else somewhere else. But just having a look at the roster, I mean, likely locations, Mercedes possibly if if Lewis retired, but that doesn't feel particularly likely either. He seems just incredibly driven and at the top of his game, so perhaps not. Maybe McLaren if Norris moved, but again, that's ooh, a pretty sideways ooh. move, I think. That, yeah, that... I, yeah, that would be interesting seeing him at McLaren. I, I would that almost be seen as a step down from the heights of Ferrari and the historic of Ferrari? Uh, I don't, not right now, uh, no, based true, on form. True. I don't know. I mean, it, a lot will depend on all of this. A lot of this will depend on how teams perform in twenty four, twenty five. So that's why it's always this. Like, we'll probably look back on this in two years' time and just lull all the way through the list because some team will come out of nowhere and be really quick and develop a fast car, and suddenly, so you know, drivers will want to go and drive for them and things, and vice versa. A big team will get it really wrong. Um, and there'll be some unhappy, very talented drivers somewhere. So yeah, it's all a bit, it's all a bit of a meme, isn't it? Really, this. But um, yeah, I think McLaren, maybe like maybe Aston Martin, Honda. I could see potentially they're making a good case for getting Charles in, um, but nowhere else really. Yeah, but I, on on balance, I think based on the fact that you know they they seem to work pretty well together. Yeah. Charles has a really close connection to Ferrari. Science is definitely trusted and seemingly driving particularly well at the moment as well. I don't think that's necessarily going to be a problem. I don't think they're going to see an opportunity for an upgrade necessarily either way. So from both camps' perspectives, I think it's probably likely that they'll stay for the for the longer term. So yeah, I've stuck with Science and Shell. How about you? Yeah, I've gone for the same. I think for especially for uh, for Science, I think for him it feels like getting to Ferrari is like the peak of his like of that's the best of the best for him. He doesn't. He doesn't want to go anywhere higher. I think he thinks that that is the best team. Mm-hmm. There were rumours that Audi, as part of the Sauber sort of takeover, were interested in sort of bringing Carlos Sainz. But I saw. Um, I think it was his agent was saying he's very much keen to sort of get a contract extension out Ferrari. So I'd, I'd be I'd be surprised to see him leave Ferrari. I think even if they were struggling, I still think he would stick there because he think it's the the peak for him. Um, mm. So yeah, nice, nice and stable. Let's move on to Aston Martin. They'll be partnered with uh, Honda exclusively in 2026. What are you predicting for their line, for their lineup? So I think uh, Lizard Killer will will retain the seat <laughs> and will still Fernando be Alonso, the Lizard Killer. Yeah, he will still be kicking around the sport in 2026. Although I feel like that probably will be his last year. I don't know if he'll race much beyond that, but. People have been saying that about Alonso for a while now. So he keeps going and keeps performing. So yeah, I think I think there's a good shout. He'll still be there. And partnering him, I've gone for Alex Albon. Ooh, that's a, that's a bit of a curveball. Yeah. So I just think I was looking at like just based on pure pace. I feel like Albon is a good driver, but I don't think he's in that. I don't think he's in a kind of Max Verstappen, Lewis, Charles Leclerc, Piastri, Norris conversation personally. Right. And given those drivers are very much in situ in those seats anyway it feels quite unlikely to me that Albon's going to be given a shot in one of those top teams. But if you're Aston Martin Honda and you're looking at somebody to come into partner Alonso, uh, you want someone who's reliable, quick, going to score regular points and probably has the pace to win a race if you develop the car particularly well. But then again, Alonso's most likely going to retain your number one spot if he's in the team because it's Fernando Alonso. Um, 
it just makes quite a bit of sense for me. I think I just think yeah, he's he's that he's in that bracket of driver that I think would do a very good job for Aston Martin. So um, a lot's going to depend on their ambition and what they do for twenty twenty six. I mean, there's lots of chat they're going to go big and try and try and get another big name along, alongside Alonso, but that's easier said than done. Um, but yeah, they they're very much one of those teams that like if they get it right in twenty four or twenty five. I could see them getting somebody better than Albon, potentially, and yeah. maybe even better than Alonso. Um, but absent of any data there, it's quite difficult to to make that prediction. But yeah, Albon just stood out for me as a driver that that could be in that kind of regularly driving for or, or driving for Aston Martin, regularly challenging for you know points finishes and stuff, and regularly getting through to to Q three. He he feels like a pretty safe bet for them in that situation. Yeah. So interesting. So I also think the lizard killer will also be there, <laughs> but I've, I've I've used that same criteria and I've come up with a different choice. So I think it'd be Yuki Sonoda that partners him, because Yuki uh, is you know is talented, quick, and he's also got that sort of can score points. I don't know. We've not really seen race win ability sort of pace yet from him, nor that. But I think by that point he'll have been in AlphaTauri or in the Red Bull family for quite a few years. I think Honda might push for him to be signed as you know they want a Japanese driver driving their Japanese engines. I think I think that could be quite a big influence as well, mm. um, and he could be like you know, say a good sort of option to go alongside someone more experienced. I mean, an outlandish, crazy idea if if you're right that you know um, if, if Aston get it together, could they bring could they tempt back Aston uh, Sebastian Vettel to partner Alonso? Uh, not for Aston Martin but I have got Sebastian Vettel making a return for another team oh interesting I'm intrigued to see where you've you've in my life but I know it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me that you know you've you know you're right if um they went for someone of real pedigree to go along to be you know to have so they had a really stellar lineup obviously we've mentioned two drivers there for Aston Martin and uh well three or four drivers actually for Aston Martin but we've not mentioned daddy's favorite boy Lance Stroll Mm. where where do you see him going uh, the beach, the beach. Oh, starting oh. a tennis career. And do you, do you see him? When do you when do you see him? Do you think that be that year he goes? Uh, no, I th- I think if Aston Martin have any sense, they'll make the change for next season. Just based wow. on his form this year and his Behavior. general attitude, the last couple yeah. of races, I just think they must know now. It's got to be done. Yeah, interesting. Can I ask you a question about Albon then? Go so on. I've got I've got Albon sort of penciled for Aston Martin and you've got him semi-penciled for Mercedes if yeah. Hamilton retires. If Hamilton doesn't retire, do you think Albon will still be in the sport? And if so, where do you think he'll be racing? Yeah, so so yes, I think he'll definitely be in the sport. Uh, I think he's shown he's definitely a top driver to have. Uh, I think his comeback into the sport with Williams has been really, really impressive. I think it's mm. getting better and better. And I think he's, you know, for this season, I think I put him down as one of the drivers of the season for for his performances in that Williams. Um, good question, because I feel like he could very much easily stay at Williams and that could be, he could be there for many, many years. Yeah. Or, you know, I, you know I, I don't disagree. I think Aston could poach him as someone that's sort of, like you say, reliable, can score good points and is quick. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think I think he would be one of the most, I think he'll be in demand. If he if he leaves Williams, I think any team above him could, could go. And I think, you know, that could be a big team like Mercedes or it could be any of the midfield above them at the moment. They could, they could be interested in Alex. I think he's. I think he's definitely. I think he's an attractive option. Mm. Uh, I'd. I'd be shocked if he was out of the sport again for an extended period. I think he's really proven that he's one of the best sort of midfield drivers at the moment. He's probably just outside of that grouping of Piastri, Norris, uh, Max, Charles, and, and Lewis. Yeah, agreed. Okay. Shall we move on to McLaren then? 
Yeah. What, what What are you thinking? Uh, another pretty boring one. I mean, Piastri has signed. Obviously, he's contracted there anyway till twenty six on for till twenty six. So I don't think he's likely to go anywhere. Um, and I I think it'll probably still be Norris. I mean, I'd love to say Norris will get his move to Red Bull and partner Max. Um, or we'll see some fun Ferrari shenanigans, and we'll potentially see Charles and Norris move move each direction, as it were. Um, I just think Leclerc and Piastri could be a really really good lineup, but. Um, <sighs> Uh, uh, yeah, I just don't, I can't see it happening. It would be great. I just, yeah, I just can't see Norris getting that move. And Norris is only going to move upwards, right? He's not going to move. I don't think he's yeah. going to move horizontally. And I think Ferrari probably would be a bit of a horizontal move based on current um, the current situation. So you're talking about Mercedes and Red Bull probably. Yeah. And yeah, as I said, I just, I just can't see Red Bull taking that risk. And I don't think Mercedes drivers will change by then. So I think I'll probably stick with McLaren for a bit longer. And also, if you think of the current trajectory of McLaren, yeah, you know, you'd hope if I was Lando Norris right now, I'd hope to be think by twenty twenty five, I'm winning races. Yeah, and so I why why so. why would you, why quit a, a good a good thing when you're in you know going into new engine regulation? You'd probably be pretty confident that your team can can get can you know, get sorted and and get get you a competitive car. Um, I, I've gone for the same. I think unless unless it goes to uh, Unless he goes to uh, Red Bull, I think it'll be Piastri and, and Norris. Um, unless maybe, maybe that could be the home for Albon. You know, they have picked up. Yeah, you sim- could similar move to uh, you know when they when they signed signs after he uh, left Renault. Mm. Um, should we move on to Renault, or shall we say Alpine? We, we, we. Do you think they'll still keep their full French lineup, or do you think they'll do something a bit different? No, I do not. Ooh. Ooh. So I've gone for Pierre Gasly to nice. stay. Uh, but I've gone for uh, Daniel Ricciardo to partner him. Oh wow! A return to Ric- uh, return a return to Renault. Yeah, a return to Renault. And uh, do you I think, think they'll still and... be called Renault? Or do, do you think they'll go back to being called Renault? Or do you think they'll still be called Alpine? Oh, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, trying Alpine, to predict what Alpine the Renault. Renault. <laughs> yeah, trying to predict what the Renault board are going to do. I mean, there's some chat they may not even be in the sport, right? Seriously? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm because they because they've been uh, obviously they've been a bit. Up, well, I mean, I don't want to say up and down, but they've been a bit of a meme, haven't they, for a while now? And mm. yeah, there's some chat that the, the sort of Renault board are a bit less interested in the kind of Formula One side of things than than previously. But I think the 2026 regulations will represent a good opportunity for them potentially to try and get back in the back in the mix. The main problem they've got is the engines; they've just got to figure out a way to get them on par with their rivals. Because until that happens, they're just going to continue to struggle. So yeah, there was a bit of chat uh, in kind of F1 fandom Twitter world that. Potentially, Alpine maybe won't be around in 26, but we, we shall wow. see. I'm going to proceed on the assumption they will be. Um, and yeah, I think Ricardo will be very much back in the sport properly by then. Um, whether or not he gets to drive at Tauri or not, I don't know. But um, I think he'll have done enough to make, like keep a seat in the sport for sure. And he has had proven to be a historically quite a consistent performer. Obviously, he did very well for Renault while he was there. Um and I think him and Gasly have got a particularly good relationship as well, so I feel like they'd be quite a good driver lineup. Um, nice. So yeah, that's yeah, that's what I've gone for. But I assume you've gone for Ocon sticking around with Renault. Oh, with Alpine. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have. I mean, that's that's interesting about um, Ricardo there because you're right. I think he'll probably get to a point where he doesn't want to be in the red. Like you know, he won't if he doesn't get a Red Bull team seat. He'll probably want to look around because he won't just want to stay in the junior team. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he sort of ends, you know, what options he's got available. So I think, yeah, and Alpine might pay quite well as well. So I could see him go back because he, I think, at the end of last season when he knew he was, you know, leaving McLaren, 
I think he priced himself out of quite a few seats. Like I think he wanted like 10 million to go and race for Williams or for Haas. I think that was in the drive to survive. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, maybe Alpine can pay him what he wants. Yeah. Um, well, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see where you think Ocon's going to go to then. We'll come, we'll come to after the break, but yeah. yeah, I think, I think for me, I think Ocon and Gasly, they're two young drivers, both French. And if, you know, Alpine, Renault still want to stay in the sport, they'll probably want to keep that for their brand to have two young drivers. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what influence uh, the new consortium that came in and bought a stake of, of Alpine have over the team, mm. especially if Renault are sort of having doubts about owning a team, because as we saw with the, the valuation of, of that when of that team, when Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney and Michael B. Jordan all bought a stake, like a Formula One team is really, is worth a lot of money now and they could make some sweet money trying to sell it to someone else. So, uh, yeah, that would be one to watch. I mean, if if they go, then you know who knows take, who takes over and and does the lineup. But I'm sticking on the assumption that Alpine stick around and want to keep the uh, the French flag drivers mm-hmm. racing for them. Okay, very good. All right. Well, I think we've covered about half the grid. Obviously, we've got well, it's just over half the grid. But we'll cover why we think there's going to be more than just ten in the second half. We'll take a quick break and come back with the rest of our cho- choices shortly. Welcome back from the break. Hope you had a jolly old time. So in the first half, we did six, uh, the top six teams uh, and their driver lineups and our predictions for, for 2026. We're now going to do the rest of the grid plus an additional one, which we'll come to later. Um, so Sam, let's jump straight back into it. Alpha Tauri, mm-hmm. Red Bull Junior team. That We understand that Red Bull are going to take them a bit more seriously and treat them more than just a feeder team. Yep. And there's apparently... We're, there's going to be a big sponsor for next year. It's either going to be Hugo Boss or Adidas. So that'd be interesting if, if either of those come out and if that changes the direction of the sport. Uh, with that in mind and with a growing uh, AlphaTauri team, what what you uh, what are you predicting for the lineup? So I think they'll retain Sonoda. I don't think Sonoda's Ooh. done enough to get a move personally anywhere better. I mean, there are a couple of teams maybe in that slightly faster, I guess, or slightly bigger bracket up up top towards kind of. Alpine Aston Martin territory maybe but I just don't think he's done enough to warrant one of those moves yet that may change he's he, again so in the same way that there are teams to watch for the next couple of years they're definitely drivers and Sonoda's one of them because he's entering his prime now um but I think based on the performances of Lawson so far I just he just looks like the kind of driver that's going to end up driving a Red Bull sooner rather than later so um that's why I've got him staying with AlphaTauri and then I've gone for Checo I think he'll still be around <laughs> he'll be a safe pair of hands and he's well thought of in the organization um and yeah i think yeah i, I think i think checo will still be driving and AlphaTauri will be his home wow that is a that is a surprise i did not thought i thought you would have binned him off from the sport <laughs> but do you, do you think he would accept going down because i'm guessing at some point soon he's in your sort of to get there he's going to take a demotion right yeah do you think he would accept that or do you think he'd be like oh you know what i'd rather just leave the sport and do you and do you think red bull would still think he's Good enough to race for them as an organization. I think. I think so. I. I, I feel like there. Are, there are definitely situations, and we've seen it a few times before, right? Where someone goes and drives for Red Bull. Now, traditionally, I admit this is usually a younger driver goes there, struggles, and then goes and has drives for AlphaTauri and does a really good job, a la Gasly, for example. Um, 
I think Checo will probably be in that bracket. I'm not saying he's going to go and like set the world alight driving for Alpha Tauri, but I think he will still be a very solid Grand Prix driver. And Sonoda can be a bit, I don't know, twitchy, I suppose. Mm. Um, I think they'll, prob- they'll probably want a steady hand and a steady point scorer alongside him. I did half wonder about Checo maybe going to Haas and having a lovely time with Gunter and the crew <laughs> and whatever. But that'd, be, that'd be quality. Yeah, that was the only other option I thought of him. Because I, I, th- I do think he'll still be in the sport. I think he'll still want to drive um, in 2026. He's not that old. So, um, yeah, I just thought, yeah, just it feels like AlphaTauri would be a good home for him. He gets to stay in the organisation. He is generally very well liked. Um, and yeah, I think he'll be that kind of solid point scoring influence. Because I, I don't see AlphaTauri being anywhere other than at, at best sort of middle of mid table. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like it'd be a solid bet. What, what about you then? That you must have you gone for two different drivers or one different? What's your thing? So I've, got, Atari? I've got. Uh, if, if if Liam Lawson doesn't get to Red Bull, mm-hmm. okay. I think he'll be there. Um, that could be his second full season in the sport, and I think he could just be a rival option. And then I just look, I've just looked through like their Red Bull junior driver team, and I think Jack Crawford, uh, who's doing quite well in F two, mm. uh, I could see him being promoted into that. I still think they'll want to keep that pipeline going. Um, although saying that, you know, Red Bull have sort of shopped around. Mm. We saw it this year with Nick DeFries coming in. He wasn't a Red Bull junior as well. Um, but I think I think they'll return to form and they'll, they'll want to repote, re- promote within. And I think, that, you know, they need to, that's the, what's the whole point of having a drive academy if you're not getting people into Formula 1? So I think they'll they'll do that with, with Jack Crawford. Okay. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I would like to see him in the sport. I don't know whether he'll be there 26 or maybe the year after or 28, but yeah, he's he's definitely on. It looks like he's definitely on the right path. So, yeah, yeah, I could see, I could see that. I could. See I that. should, yeah. I should say that a lot of my, uh, a lot of my choices now. There's a lot of new people coming to Formula One. Which yeah, is probably, <laughs> which is probably quite bold because we don't really see an influx of new drivers every season. So, uh, I think teams I mean, are just. I, I I do genuinely think teams are trending towards a bit, uh, a bit being a bit more conservative as well these days. Yeah. Like you just well, don't see, yeah, like many rookies given that long. No, no. Well, if you look, if you look at the recent rookies that come in, you've had Nick DeFries that struggled and wasn't given enough time. You've had uh, Logan Sargent who's struggling. Mm. You've had uh, Nikita Mazaspin uh, who was a nightmare. You had Mick Schumacher that cost Haas millions of pounds. <laughs> like the only, the only recent rookie that's been good in the sport that I can think of for the top of the two actually, Joe uh, has been reliable and been all right, but kind of don't know how much higher he can go in ability and speed and then Oscar Piastri who's absolutely storming it so that yeah. you know that's two out of seven drivers that have been a success and they've been rookies or new people to the sport so um mm. I think people have probably seen that I think it's probably safer to take you know to bring back people like Kevin Magnussen and Nicole Holkenberg is, is two examples because they're, they're they know the sport and their experience but yeah maybe then maybe for one needs to look itself like to you know because I've seen one of the things that um James Vowles has criticised the sport, saying, "You know, if you're a rookie now, it's such a step up from F2, and the amount of time they get in the car to familiarise themselves is minimal to what they would have done ten years ago, fifteen years ago. They would have got so many miles and so many hours in the car before the season started. Whereas throughout the season, they're still trying to learn how to drive a Formula One car. It's not even excel in a Formula One car; they just learn to get used to it. I think yeah. maybe Formula One needs to be a bit more generous to rookies to give them." An allowance to get more time in the car just so that they can get up to speed quicker yeah or at least find a way to let them drive the pre the previous year's car i think that would yeah. be a good way of doing because yeah. the, the the challenge they've got is if they open it up and say 
yeah, go by all means have a load more extra testing days for you young drivers. Teams will abuse that as yeah, as true. we saw historically. And like testing, weren't they? Yeah, like you remember the yeah you know, when we talked about uh well when we talked about one of my favorite drivers, Nick McHacken, and one of the things he always used to moan about was the amount of testing they had to do when he was driving at McLaren. It was like mm. thousands of hours worth of testing. Um, whereas these days are obviously really limited, and that that is a double edged sword, right? On the one hand, you stop teams from developing cars so they become almost borderline perfection and too fast um or you potentially don't yeah but alongside doing that you also limit yourselves in terms of drivers having time and that is the big issue as you say for f2 drivers in particular coming coming into the sport apart from uh oscar piastri obviously who's um <clears throat> awesome in every way the boy uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> very good so shall we move on to Haas then we've kind of okay. touched them a little bit who have you picked for Haas? uh so i think they'll keep magnuson yeah, me too. Uh, bit of a stalwart, and although he is currently being outperformed by Hulkenberg, I don't think that will last forever. And I also think Hulkenberg will probably stop at some point in the next couple of years because he is thirty-eight. Um, and I've gone for Djokovic. That has. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I think he's Djokovic is on the list, isn't he? A kind of potential for Aston Martin. But if I was Aston Martin thinking about either an F two champion or Alex Albon, that kind yeah. of vibe, I know yeah. which one I'm picking. And I'd probably I've also mindset. Yeah, similar thing as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think Djokovic will be he's still a you know really interesting talent and has although Gunter Steiner has moaned a lot about it in the past that they are a team that generally will t- try and take a bit of a risk on a rookie if they can and i think in magnuson they'll obviously have one particularly good uh sort of i guess experienced driver that can that can do a lot of the guidance and then maybe they can take a bit of the hit when it comes to someone like Djokovic. but um yeah i don't know i think Djokovic has done enough for me to get driving formula one and Haas feels like a relatively sensible place for him to start it's just a question of whether steiner and um and Gene will allow them to take a risk on a on another young driver after that what they had with Mick and with Mick and others. But um, I, I think by twenty six, I could see I could see Djokovic being on that list. I think he he may well be one of those drivers that similar to De Vries or somebody like that will get a go for a few races because of something, yeah. Yeah. and he will demonstrate in those few races that he's ready. And someone will give him a, someone will give him a drive. We'd almost want, we'd almost want to see like Lance Stroll just set out a race or two and just just to see the scale <laughs> in, in comparison yes. of performances to sort of advertise himself because you know he did incredibly well in F two he won F two quite quickly and quite easily and he won so I can't remember any races but I remember when I went to the Barcelona Grand Prix that year when he was F two he won the race by by a good length so he's he's clearly very talented mm-hmm. I've not picked him for Haas I've picked a, a, a someone else but I have got him on my. 2026 lineup, so I'll reveal where I've put yeah. Dragovic a bit. But I've okay. I've gone for Frederick Vesti. He's a for, uh, Formula One uh, Mercedes uh, in their driver academy. Um, he's doing very well in F2 at the moment. He's I think he's P2 overall in the championship. I think Agent Toto will be able to get him a good good deal <laughs> and get him into the sport. And so uh, yeah, I think I think he might be able to persuade Haas to take a risk on him if he's not Mick Schumacher. Okay, yeah, you you've definitely gone big on the. The new young drivers, fresh blood coming into the sport, haven't you? Yeah, oh, yeah. And, good. And, I, 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 I like that. Yeah. It only gets, it, it's just the start. This, you know, I, t- I did say every every pick was was bold, and it only gets more and more bold as we go on. Okay, all right. I'm excited to hear some of these. Where do you want to go next? Let's go, Williams. Who've you picked for Williams? Okay, uh, I've gone semi conservative with Williams, so I've gone Valtteri Bottas. Ooh, I think he'll still be driving. Be wow. Yeah, I think he'll wow. still be driving. I think Williams, as with all these teams, I think some of them will be willing to take a risk on a rookie. 
but the ones that do will want an experienced head next to them 100% and Bottas represents that experienced head obviously Williams have a very good relationship with Mercedes historically like Bottas will have quite a good um quite a good working relationship with a lot of people that work there I think James Vowles yeah. among, among others um, and also he, he did he was at Williams before yeah. he went to uh, Mercedes so it'd be like return home from exactly yeah and I, I think that'll be the you know we're in the twilight of his career very much so I think that'll probably be his last or, or second to last season potentially uh but yeah I think he'll go back to Williams before he retires and again he's just a safe bet safe point scorer probably safe performer and alongside him I've actually gone for Mick Schumacher oh you think Mick will finally get back into the sport I wow. think he'll get back in yeah because wow. just because again his Mercedes links like he's he's a reserve driver it sounds like he's been doing a pretty good job in testing and stuff I feel like Maybe not next year. I mean, I'm not sure what they do about Sargent, whether they stick with him or twist or not. But I think either, yeah, maybe 24, but more likely 2025. I think we'll see Mick Schumacher return to the sport, probably for Williams. And I suspect he'll do enough in that season, probably to retain his seat for 26. That's my yeah. prediction for them. I think I think if you, know, if you look at the grid, the only place I can see Schumacher going is Williams? I think yeah. that's the only way. That's his only way back in sport because you know he's never driving for Mercedes, right? No. Um, I don't see anyone else taking a risk on him. Um, yeah, I can, I can, I can see the. I see you've gone bigger than Mercedes, sort of link up with James Vowles and uh, mm. and sort of being of of the Mercedes family. Um, very interesting. Very interesting. Mm. I've gone. About I've you? gone. I've gone different and bold. Okay. So I've gone. I've got this right. This is where I've gone. For William Dragovich. on Williams. Here we go. Here we go. I've gone Dragovic. I just think. That that okay. they could be quite a good team. I think um, James Vowles could be. I think you know if Sergeant Go. I could see Dragovic going there for next season and just staying there for a couple of years and maybe even leaving the Aston Martin uh, driver program to go and race for for Williams. Um, I just think he'll, you know, similar to Albon, they'll just get an opportunity and then they'll they'll you know they'll improve and they'll they'll feel really part of the family and they'll just stay around. So I could see. I could see him going there. I think he'd be good. I'm glad we've I'm glad we both gone for Drogovic in the sport, though, because yeah, yeah. he does. He, do, he feels like he deserves a shot, doesn't it? Yeah, me too. I, well, I think he does, he'd be much better than Lance Stroll, but yeah, yeah if Lance Stroll wasn't his uh, his father's son, I don't think he would, anyone would pick him to be in the sport. But anyway, that's not 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 about Lance Stroll. Okay. Alongside um, Drogovic, then. Yeah, alongside Drogovic, I've gone. I've gone incredibly bold. Incredibly bold. I've gone for Jamie Chadwick. Oh, the uh, wow! Twice she she won. Uh, the W Series was it twice? Twice, I think, yeah. Twice, back to back champion before yep. it disbanded, uh, and she's out racing in in IndyCar at the moment, uh, doing a good job. She's she she's already uh, a, on their Williams driver program. I just think I just think the pressure and the demand for a female driver is just going to build over the next couple of years, and she seems to be the standout of the female drivers currently that are in the sort of Formula One conversation. You know, if I was Williams, I'd give her a few practice sessions, just see how she does. Um, but you know, I I would I think it'd be such a smart move by Williams. I think they'd not they'd not they should do it for the publicity in the press, but they would it would go down very well. You know, history would be made, and also I think she's proven that she's incredibly talented and incredibly quick. Like I think she's done very well in IndyCar, and obviously she's won multiple championships as well. So uh, yeah, I'd love to see Jamie Chadwick come to the sport. Um, I think she'd be in a, a real success and it's overdue that we have some female drivers in the sport. Wow. Okay. I mean, I would love to see that. That would be fantastic. Uh, I, want... I hate to be the Go on. <laughs> the, the dampener on that. Um, so I think she she is really good. Um, I just think the odds of Williams putting themselves in a situation where they're basically putting 
basically a rookie in Djokovic. I mean, may, maybe Djokovic gets a drive with, with Aston Martin or something, but I kind of feel like if Djokovic is going to get a drive with Aston Martin next year, he's not going to do any worse than Stroll. Uh, he'll probably do enough to keep the seat. Um, yeah. But if he doesn't, uh, I think he'll probably end up joining the sport in 25 or 26, and then it'll be a bit late and he'll still be a bit of a rookie. And then you throw Chadwick in as well, who is really good, clearly, but not not driven Formula One yet. Um, it's quite high risk, I think. And my small C conservative comment stands. I think even Williams, as much as we love them for their uh, willingness to put uh, rookies and stuff in the cars, I think they're, they're looking a much more serious outfit now than they were a couple yeah. of years ago. And that might make things a bit more difficult um, to do that kind of thing. But... Uh, I would still love to see it. It'd be amazing. Like if it happens, we'll quote this podcast. Like we'll, yeah, all yeah. the content will be, we'll ex- be, like, we'll be excellent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel be, like yeah. Jamie Jamie Chadwick should come on the podcast if if I predict her getting to the sport. Then I 100%. feel like she owes she owes us that. Um, I was gonna say, imagine imagine what odds I would get if I went to Lab Brooks now and said, "What are the odds on Jamie Chadwick racing for Williams in twenty twenty six? I reckon it would be high. Yeah, I think you're right. But, you know, you've got, to, you've got to make bold predictions because you never know what will happen. Um, okay, I like I like Williams. We've both gone in different directions, but mm. we've both got some interesting picks there. Um, let's move on to the final team that are still on the grid, uh, but they will be rebranded uh, bigger and better with the, the backing of Audi, mm-hmm. with an Audi engines. Um, what, what are you thinking? I feel like they could be a real mix or they could be the same, but what, what, you, what have you gone for? So this is where my Sebastian Vettel return. Oh wow! German driver comes to return to the sport to to race for a German manufacturer that's not Mercedes. Yes, I think wow. so. I wow, wow, so. that that is bold. I like that. I like that a lot. So in exactly, and I know it's a kind of it's such a cliche that Vettel has walked the kind of Michael Schumacher path, but it would be extremely Michael Schumacher to retire yes, from the sport to do some other stuff, and then come back for a new team that happens to also be a German works yes. German works team. Yeah, um, true. I could true. see I could see Vettel doing that and then coming back for a year or two as Audi established themselves in the sport again. Reliable performer, clearly got good pedigree, four-time world champion, etc. Um, I think the pay packet from Audi will be pretty chunky as well. Um, I could see that happening. Uh, and alongside him, I've gone for Esteban Ocon. Wow, who I think wow. will just have had enough of Alpine. To be honest with you, that's the main, main, my main thinking is he'll have had enough of Alpine. Audi will be in the market for a good, reliable, reliable still relatively young, and probably in that, like, there's a lot of upside bracket, I think, with Ocon, particularly if you put him in a faster car than he's in at the moment. And we've talked about him before, about uh, you know, potential under, you know, being an underrated driver and stuff. Um, where you picked, that was the episode you picked Gasly, wasn't it? Which was, that was quite a fun one to discuss. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just think he'll be he'll be in the market for a team just like that. They'll be in the market for a driver just like that. It could be a really good match, and I think Vettel and Ocon would be quite a good team as well. Quite a fiery bunch, though. I think they could get they could clash quite a bit. So, I, yes, but I think Vettel, I think Vettel returning to the sport, he will see it as a he will see himself as a kind of, I guess, a paternal figure. Probably, I mm. think he he will. It, it won't be like Vettel's coming back to compete for world championships. I don't think. Unless, I mean, who knows? I mean, there's a lot of chat about Audi, you know, see what they do with the engines and stuff. You know, they might produce a, a really amazing package in 2026. And if, let, let's put it this way, a lot of the grid will know about it if they are in exactly the same way that Mercedes, you know, they knew that within a couple of years of Mercedes coming back into the sport, they were going to be getting pretty close to race wins and stuff. And they made a good case for, for as it was, bringing Hamilton in. Um, now, Audi won't necessarily be able to do that from the beginning, but. I think Vettel and Ocon would be a very good, safe start, just like 
uh, Schumacher and Rosberg were for Mercedes when they came into the sport. Yeah, I, li- I like that with Vettel. I suppose my, my two thoughts on him coming in is a very smart move in sort of trying to teach the team how to become race winners because he's yeah. been at Ferrari, he's been at Red Bull and he brought that to Aston Martin and he was credited for sort of Aston Martin's surge at the start of the season. He had helped with them on that journey to that. Mm. So I, I like that sort of bring that expertise. I suppose my only concern with Vettel though is his performance really dropped off his last couple of years in the sport mm. and you'd need a guarantee to see that he was better than he was but also it wasn't just his pace that dropped off he also made, was was making quite a lot of mistakes i remember his his time at ferrari towards the end was you know lots of penalties and lots of errors mm-hmm. you kind of hope you weren't getting that drive and you kind of getting someone that was close to sort of being like as quick or you know just, just quick but just as consistent as he was when he was at the start of ferrari and in red bull so um mm. yeah but uh, i think that's 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 interesting i've, I've gone what about I, you for Audi? yeah what have you gone for i've gone i've gone different um so i've gone for danny ricardo i think they'll pay him well and i think he could be quite a good reliable uh person to go for and also he's good with the brands good with the sponsors so i thought that could be quite popular and he's experienced so i think that could go down quite well mm-hmm. um and then i think i've gone for my second choice is theo Porcher, mm-hmm. who is the alfa romeo uh, reserve driver at the moment but he's currently leading the f2 driver standings so um, he probably will become the F2 champion, touch wood. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, that's that's a good lineup if he especially can get some experience of Formula 1 in the next couple of years. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with, with Bottas and Joe, so he could get a seat earlier. But I think he could be quite a good, young, fiery option to go alongside someone a bit more experienced. I definitely think that's where they'll go for. Mm. Um, yeah, I'd quite like to see another another new person in the sport, especially someone that's doing well in F2. Um, yeah, okay. so uh, yeah, like that. I've, gone, gone, I've gone different. I was like I said, I've brought a lot of brought a lot a lot a lot of new people into the sport. No, I like that. So I've got I've got Porsche returning to sport, but not for not for any of the teams we've talked so far talked about so far. So well, yeah, I think well, you'll be so it. you've you've teased that well because the final mm. team we've not mentioned we've covered all the ones on the grid, but we're both assuming here that Andretti are going to make it onto the grid. Yeah. It looks like they've just got to get past the Formula One teams. I think they will fight, but I understand it's going to be quite hard for them to object. To a to a new team arriving, so we should have Andretti uh, Andretti arriving to the sport. Um, and you know, Andre, Mike Andretti's been very successful with his teams in IndyCar, and he'll come across to Formula One and have an All American team alongside yep. Haas. Who have you gone for for the lineup then? So I'll just I'll just say before we get to the drivers that uh, if the Formula One teams block Andretti coming into the sport, it would be an absolute farce. It would. Um, yeah, they've been through some pretty rigorous. Uh, a, a very rigorous process with the FIA and even some of the drivers are, they're not speaking out of turn but they're saying like why would they oppose to having another team on the grid like mm-hmm. they want more cars to race so well you'll be surprised to hear it's money that's the dictating well, yes. all because they've only got to pay like 200 million I think well only 200 million but they've got to pay like a lot of money to enter but teams think that should be much higher because the value of Formula 1 teams has increased on when they sign that agreement so just mm-hmm. change it when once Andretti signed and also I think they're worried about the money being split, and you know, a one a, a further way, and that means their share all goes down, which is very selfish of them. I agree. Yeah. I always think it's it's not in the interest of the sport for them to for the teams to decide who should join them. Yeah, totally. And if and, you know that they want to build the sport in America, that's good for everybody. I feel like the business case for Andretti is pretty strong. To be mm. honest with you, well, like, he's bringing Cadillac, right? Yeah, exactly. That'd be massive. If they can get Cadillac on board, involving you know, building engines, that'd be unreal. So, mm. Mm. yeah, I just yeah, the, the arguments against our pure greed and that's not enough 
my money. So I agree. Uh, okay. For drivers, I've gone. I've gone Theo Porsche. I think he'll be in. Nice. Um, he does seem really, really good, and I kind of hope he gets a drive somewhere before twenty twenty six. Um, it'd be a bit of a shame if he's stuck waiting around uh, for a couple of years. But I'm I'm going to base it on the assumption that he gets a drive somewhere in twenty twenty five, but only does a year, um, and then Andretti pick him up. Uh, and I've gone for Alex Pelot from um, IndyCar because I feel like they'll want they'll want you know American yeah. representation in some form or another, and he's the best of them. So yeah. Well, he was he was very close to getting uh, the spare seat in AlphaTauri last year, and then it was all to do with super super license points that he couldn't get into the sport. And then I think Red Bull decided to go in a different direction with with Nick De Vries. Um, mm. I've also got Alex Pelot joining uh, Andretti. Um, I think yeah, he's a standout, probably um, IndyCar driver that would come across, and it makes sense for Andretti to bring someone from IndyCar across, especially that's his background and history. And also probably quite good to break down that barrier because we've not seen any IndyCar drivers join the sport. We've seen a lot of drivers go off to go and become an IndyCar afterwards. You know, people like Marcus Ericsson and um, Roman, Roman Grosjean, they've went to Kona as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And they've been, very, they've been very successful there as well. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I think Alex Plow. And then I think uh, the other one, I think sticking to that theme, I think, Andretti will bring in Pato O'Ward, mm. who is very successful in IndyCar. He's also a McLaren junior driver. Yeah, uh, He's on their driver program. And he's also, which is a massive credit to him and also makes him probably quite attractive for Andretti, he's also done lots of testing in McLaren car, an F1 car. Mm. So, And he, I think he's down to do something at the end of this season as well. So I think he might have to wait a couple more years to get into the sport, but I think I can see Andretti going for two IndyCar picks and just... Uh, Oh, that would be super high risk, but also it would high be it'd be high risk. But I feel like he could really be vindicated if he's by showing that you know that they are similar single single seater cars yeah. and they are just as talented. So uh, I'd I'd quite like to see that. I think I'd I'd rate that quite a bit from Andretti to come and bring in two two drivers that have got such experience in IndyCar and, and just that'd be like yeah we're here we're here to do things a bit differently. Okay. Very good. So if I've got this right, then looking at the drivers we've decided will not be racing in 26, we've got four that are same, and then you've got two additional ones. So I've got Hulkenberg, yeah, retired Stroll, Beach, um, yeah, slash slash WTA, um, Joe, Guanyu, yeah. which I think is quite an interesting one that we've both picked him not to have a drive because I I do agree. I think like he's he's not really demonstrated very much. He's had a fair bit of time in the sport now. He's been okay, and that's, that's exactly not good. That's not good enough to stay in the sport. I don't think. Exactly. Yeah, he's not done anything. Like if he'd if he'd picked up a podium, even mm. like at least mm. there'd be something there on the record, and people would be like, "Yeah, okay, he's you know picked up a podium in a pretty poor car." But yeah, like he's he scored a few points here and there, which isn't really enough. And then uh, obviously, Logan Sargent, neither of us fancy him to continue in twenty six, which is fair enough. But yeah, uh, so what the two additional ones are Perez and Bottas. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can. Yeah, they're both at the. They're both in the twilight of their career, aren't they? Yeah. So I could see, I could see them potentially not racing I think, 26. I just got a feeling I, they, they'll stick around. I think Perez, for him, it hinges on how his time at Red Bull concludes because it, it's mm. clear he's gonna, it's gonna, you know, he's not gonna be there for forever, and he's definitely not gonna be there at 2026. I'll, I'll be amazed if he's still there at 2026. Um, you know, if he leaves at the end of this season. That, you know, there just won't be any vacancies unless Red Bull shuffle it around to keep him in the sport. But I just think they'll just be ruthless. And I just think they'll just promote uh, either Lawson or Ricard and the other one will just sit in with, with Yuki. Mm. Um, and then I think he'll just struggle to come back to the sport. And then 
I don't know, but then he, he does bring money. He's he's got he's backed by a lot of Mexican businesses, so that is an attractive option. We've yeah. not really talked about that option that of that, that people bring to the sport. You know, the people here we've picked that are new into sport that are doing well because they're either on driver programs or doing well in junior series. You know, maybe at the moment we don't really know this well enough, but like, there's no one that's that we see in the junior feeders that are just going to be bought into the sport people like Nicholas Satifi or Mazaspit that we could be caught up of caught up by those but I don't know I just, I just don't see Perez being able to get back into the sport I think this year has been so damaging to his reputation and, and where he's at and I think people would be taking a risk on him mm-hmm. and you know it could be a risk that pays off you know look at the comebacks that Gasly and Albon have had in their careers after being dropped by Red Bull and Ricardo as well they've gone on to have good careers yeah um and Bottas I just think Bottas can he's just he's on a downward trajectory and was at Mercedes and just seems to be going on that way since. And I just think if you're Audi, you just think, well, he's just he's just turning up and just doing okay. And we want something more than that. So I think there'd be more attractive options to, to Bottas. So he'll just see himself out of the sport. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Very good. That's a good well, solid set of predictions there. Yeah. I mean, well, when we get to the 2026 uh, season preview show, we'll definitely dig up our notes from this episode and just compare to see how how accurate we were and how far off we were. But, you know, I think we've talked about a lot of new drivers that we've never mentioned before. And I think just talking about new drivers and, you know, a new freshening up lineup, I think that's a, it would be really exciting for Formula 1. And it's probably due a bit of a freshen up as well. And we'll see that with some people retire in the next couple of years. But, um, mm. yeah, if, you know, Jamie Chadwick gets into Formula 1, that'd be amazing. <laughs> it would be it would be amazing. Oh, it'd be so good. I'd love to see that. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice way to end the pod. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, fingers crossed for her. Um, well, fingers crossed for female drivers in general, to be honest, over the next couple of years, given what's happened with the W Series. Um, yeah, and the F one and the F one Academy kind of seems a bit under the radar. Yeah, they've not. Yeah, I mean, it's still very new, isn't it? Yeah, to, true. A lot to prove the next twelve months, true. but um, fingers crossed they can. All right, thanks very much for joining us. Remember to subscribe and leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. If you enjoyed the podcast, why don't you share it with a friend? Hopefully they enjoy it as much as I intend to enjoy myself this weekend in Belgium, which nicely oh. brings us on to uh, a little, a small announcement for next week's episode. Um, so I'm, because I'm going to be on holiday for four, five-ish, four, four and a bit days, um, we're going to be recording a little bit late after the uh, the Grand Prix at Cota in, on Sunday. So this episode, the next episode will be out uh, on Wednesday next week rather than the usual Tuesday. So you'll have my apologies for that, but I will be pickling myself in Belgian beer and filling myself with waffles <laughs> you better do that well <laughs> oh I will I will I intend to um, uh, follow us on Twitter at Lights Out Lads and on Instagram we are at Lights Out Pod uh, yes next week Kota one we both like very much so yes. it's a good one and we've made our predictions so uh, we'll yes. see we'll see how we all do but um, yeah, yeah we got we got a fun mix up mix of drivers for our predictions do, do yeah. you remember who you had no Okay, so you had Stroll, Ocon, and Logan Sargent. I've got oh. Albon, Russell, and Norris. Yeah, I pick yours over mine. <laughs> so yeah, you've got you've got two, two of your three. We don't think we'll even be in sport in twenty twenty six. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you've got you've got people that are still going to be at the very pinnacle of the sport. Yes. Oh well, on that sad note, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. That's all from us. All the best and goodbye. Bye bye. <laughs>